Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog guardians. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm a certified professional dog trainer and I take my 10 years of training experience and I share easy to implement dog training advice with an emphasis on kindness and compassion. Welcome. I'm so excited to share more. Reactive Redefined, our three-month intensive coaching program, will reopen for enrollment on Friday, April 1st. You will have until Sunday, April 10th to join. Check out the show notes for more details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I have another wonderful Reactive Redefined student with me today, and we're going to talk all about her and her dog. So do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone? Tell them a little bit about you, where you're located, and then let's talk about her. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my name is Amanda MacArthur. I live in Washington, D.C. in a neighborhood called Hill East, which is kind of the far side of uh, Capitol Hill. Um, It's a neighborhood that's kind of known for babies and dogs. So when I moved here, I don't, didn't have a baby, so I had to get a dog. Um, <laughs> you in. You needed a dog. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to be part of the cool kids. Uh, and my dog is Sydney Bristow. So she is, uh, for those in the know, is named after Jennifer Garner's character on a TV show called Alias, which was kind of a hot show in the early 2000s uh, for a few years. So Sydney Bristow, she mostly goes by Bristow. Um, <laughs> She goes by a few other names, um, but she uh, she's a rescue. She's a pandemic rescue. So I got her uh, end of July 2020 from a great rescue here in Washington called City Dogs Rescue. That's a foster to um, adopt. So um, she is originally from West Virginia. D.C. gets a, um, a lot of dogs from the south, uh, from places where there are high kill shelters. And so um which is actually a good thing because lots of people around us have rescue dogs with various personality quirks. Um, <laughs> and Bristow is a pit bull mix. Um, she is, I got her, her DNA done and she is 50% purebred pit bull. Um, and then um, the other half is like every possible thing. So like staffy, uh, Akita Chow Lab, and then I think her biggest proportion on that is Super Mutt. So you know, kind of. Oh okay, do you want to describe um, kind of what she looks like in her size to everyone? Yeah, so she's about sixty, sixty-five pounds or so. And um, after I got her, she got a little chunky, so we had to go on a diet. <laughs> but she's looking slim and um, sly now um she's black and white super super cute I mean all the kind of older men in my neighborhood when I walk her are like that's a good looking dog (laughs) um which is great uh and you know she's like she's super sweet with with humans has zero kind of reaction with humans um but has some other some other quirks that we can talk about a little oh my god yes okay and she has those perfect like they almost look like, like, I mean, they really are the typical like pit bull ears, right? Like they kind of sit out and flat. Are they both black? Yes. They're both black. Yeah. She's, she's part house elf for sure. One of the super butts is a house elf. Uh, she, yeah, she's got the, the perfect, like little, yeah, little flippy ears, 
she's got a good tail um, with a little white tip on the end. So um, that's always up and happy. Um, yeah. And like, I didn't think she was, when I first got her, I didn't think she was Pitbull um, because she doesn't have that kind of, she doesn't have a super blocky head. Um, so right, like her muscle is much more narrow. Like she's not really thick in the head. Yeah. She's, she's a, she is a blocky headed dog, but she's not like a super blocky headed dog. Um, so yeah, definitely. I don't know if the lab came out more or what, but, um, uh, or maybe it's just cause she is like 50% pure pit bull. So it's that really kind of traditional pit bull, which is less, um, kind of less blocky. Right. Not as exaggerated. Okay. Yeah. So, um, tell us how did you decide on her? So like she was living in a foster home, like tell us all a little bit more about like kind of those early days and deciding to bring her home. Yeah, absolutely. So, so like I said, I live in Washington, DC, um, and Washington, DC in the pandemic, like all of a sudden was dog central. You know, I think everyone adopted dogs basically immediately. So I kind of knew I wanted to get a dog when I moved to this neighborhood and to this house, I had a little more room um, and started trying, I don't know, in April, um, just kind of swiping. I, I, I wanted a 40 pound dog, <laughs> um, which are really hard to get because, um, a lot of apartments, that's kind of their max limit. So you can't getting above getting that or below is really tough. Um, and I kept swiping, you know, and like putting in applications to different rescues. And a lot of the rescues in DC are that kind of foster to adopt um, situation. Adopt. Which is nice. It really is. It is because they get a little taste of kind of the the new life. Um and you know, I kept like just not getting them. Um and you know, they would be like, oh, this dog already has an application, already has an application. And so finally I did the like very DC thing was I applied to a um right before her, I applied to one dog that said it didn't have an application and just come to town. And I got, you know, no, they've already got an application. And so I did this very, you know, DC type A thing. And I was like, hi, I've been trying to get a dog for several months now. And I don't understand why I can't get through the process. Can you tell me what I need to do? And I got the next dog. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) so just goes to show that, you know, those, those things work sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but she just was cute. I knew I, I always, I, I grew up, I had a black and white Cocker Spaniel. So I kind of wanted a black and white dog. Um, and I just saw her and she was just cute. Her name was Mariposa at the time. And her ears kind of looked like butterfly wings. Um, I knew I couldn't keep her named Mariposa cause that's too hard to say. Um, and yeah, her story was that she was rescued from West Virginia. She'd had puppies, I did a bunch of puppies. She had like seven or eight puppies. Um, I think the backstory is, and some of this is like, I've created a backstory for her, but, um, and we can talk a little bit more about why I think this is her backstory, but I think she got, she was somebody's like backyard dog. I think she got knocked up, um, and they surrendered her. Um, and she had the puppies in foster care for sure, because there's a couple of the puppies here in town. Um, oh my God, how sweet is that? And they look exactly like her. Um, so we're actually, we're, we're planning meetups. Um, cause the puppies are like on two now about two. So, so yeah, anyway, I, um, I saw her did not really think like, Oh, 60 pounds is a lot more than 20, 40 pounds. <laughs> um, and the deal was you kind of, um, 
put in your application, you had to do like a video tour of your house and um, then uh, basically went and picked up your dog and you had 24 hours to return the dog if uh, it didn't work out. Um, I went and picked her up in another neighborhood in DC. She'd only been there a few weeks or a couple weeks. Um, and she basically like walked into my, you know, I did all the things where they were like, close all your doors and walk in on the leash and like, you know, be really quiet. And she kind of walked in and was like, oh, okay, well, this is my house now. So this is cool. <laughs> um, I mean, no, no issues whatsoever. Get yourself right at home. Yeah. She was like, okay, this seems fine. Um, and that, yeah. And thus began our journey. Oh my God. Okay. So, um, when did you start to notice some of her reactive behaviors? Yeah. So, you know, when I first got her, I was taking her out on walks a lot, just kind of, I didn't know really her, you know, potty training, et cetera. Turns out she's literally never had an accident. She's totally like great. Um, but I, um, so I was taking her out a lot and, you know, like I said, this is a neighborhood that has lots of dogs. And so I just kind of started noticing that she was, she would get really excited and it was hard for me to tell if it was anxiety or, um, kind of frustrated greeting or, or what it was. Um, and one of the other notes from her foster was that she really loves to stay outside, lay outside. And so I would let her lay, I have a, I have a fenced in front patio and she definitely, um, would notice that when dogs walk by, she was reactive to those dogs. Um, so that was kind of, um, that was that, you know, it was summer of 2020. So there were no in-person training in DC at all. Um, so we did some virtual stuff, mostly basic obedience, um, which was good. She was, she already knew sit, um, and she loves training. She really like falls in love. Enthusiastic learner. She falls in love with her trainer. It's really, it's kind of cute. You can like see the little eye, heart eyes coming out of her. Um, and I, yeah. And so we kind of did a little stuff, but it was hard to, I, I did a virtual reactivity course, but I think I was kind of still a little new to being a dog owner, a grown up dog owner. Um, and it just, um, we got better at like, you know, leash walking and stuff. She was not great at, she wasn't, she's never been horrible. You know, I think she's, that's the thing about her. So she's kind of like moderately reactive um, and was like moderately bad at walking on a leash. Um, But the other thing about her is that she has this insane prey drive. Um, And that has actually (laughs) developed into a more, um, challenging issue I would say um and that did get me in early on like she's pulled she pulled me into trees you know kind of bloody nose going after a squirrel um kind of early on in our courtship um so yeah so that's kind of just it was just noticing her reactions to dogs um on walks and stuff right right okay so um Obviously the prey drive, right. is like instinctual, but as far as like her reactivity to dogs and stuff, I think that you already had a lot more understanding about like the reason behind some of her reactivity to other dogs, even before you joined reactive redefined. Do you want to just kind of share with everyone a little bit about like what you kind of discovered is like more of what the fuel was for some of the reactive behavior towards dogs in particular? Yeah. So I think it's a combination for her of frustrate. I think she's a frustrated greeter. You know, I think that she like she likes most dogs. Um, and she just wants to say hi. 
I also think she like is like this is my hood you know I don't think that it's not an anxiety thing at all I think she's like I don't know if I trust like are you supposed to be here um this is my you know this is my neighborhood because I have noticed um you know we talked a little bit about she's pretty good in um busy places when when there's like we go to a farmer's market or like this weekend we went to a pet expo um and she was great um she was very good um super calm except for one there was an incident with a lure course um that was (laughs) the opposite of super calm um but for the most part she was really and then you know lots of dogs other dogs that were yappy and barky um she's also mostly um reactive to dogs her size so she doesn't really react um to small dogs and that's actually gotten better over time when I first got her she would kind of react to all dogs um and she's definitely now just kind of like oh you're small yeah I don't you know I don't need to pay attention to you right um she's also gotten less reactive to squirrels and we're we're getting there with cats we're not there yet but um (laughs) you know just so exposure therapy works um is is my lesson for this really um and I think it's the same with the reactivity to dogs on leash too you know I I don't think she was socialized um too much I mean she was socialized enough to have puppies um but uh not in sort of a kind of walk nicely by other dogs way well and I I kind of just want to echo like what you were saying earlier about like you know kind of the backstory we're assuming about her right because like generally speaking, she's a relatively confident dog. Like she's not majorly fearful of anything. Like, you know, she's got some intense behaviors, but it's not because she's like terrified of anything. No, she really Really well socialized with people. She does really good with people. So like, you know, I really do think, you know, I know we've talked about this one-on-one a lot, but like, yeah, I think that she was a house dog. Like she did live with people at some point. Right. Like, and I don't think they abused her. You know, I don't think they were mean to her. She's great with men. She's great with little kids. I have lots of friends with toddlers and she's never nipped, done anything. Um, you know, so so there's none of those issues at all. I think she was just basically left on her own in a backyard to chase bunnies. Um, and she practiced a lot of reinforcing herself with prey drive behavior. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's for real. Um, it's a big, it's a big <laughs> it's a, it's a thing. (laughs) Oh my God. Right. And like, you know, I love that, you know, I love that the prey drive really came up in our, in all of our calls and our coaching, because it's so relevant. Right. And like, you know, reactivity is such a big spectrum, but for her, it's really the prey drive. It was the most pressing matter. So, okay. So I want to talk about the dog reactivity just a little bit, because I know I did coach you on just like a few things to kind of tweak in your training plan right away. So before you even joined reactive redefine, she had a lot of skills under her belt. You guys were out together. You had a nice working relationship. It was really just kind of like tweaking a few things as far as like, okay, she can handle a dog across the street. What can we do to like troubleshoot some of the like closer proximity? And for her, seeing lots of dogs is actually easier than just seeing like a single dog periodically. So I remember in that first call, we kind of talked about like, okay, when she kind of sees the surprise dog and there's not a lot of other dogs, just tweaking a little bit of like what you were doing. Do you want to just kind of share with the listeners, like maybe what you were doing before and just some of the small tweaks we made to that training plan? Yeah. So 
I should, yeah, I should say off leash. She's actually really good with dogs for the most part. She definitely, as I've had her, she, I think she's becoming more dog selective as she gets older. Um, and there are maybe some potential issues there that are kind of developing. This is the other thing with Bristow is it's like one thing goes up, the other thing goes down. down. Um, but yeah, so before I, I started working with you, um, you know, we'd already done like in-person obedience classes in like a small room. Everyone's on a leash and she was totally fine. Like no reaction to these other dogs, some of whom were barky and kind of reactive. Right. So, so I knew that again, it it kind of reinforced me that this isn't fear. Um, and basically what we would do is we just cross the street. Um, and you know, I would just kind of tighten the, tighten her leash a little bit and we'd cross the street and she would jump and bark, but not in any way that really I would lose control of her or anything. And then we would get past them and she would be like, okay, now I'm fine. Um, the one exception to that is we have neighbors who have two pibble mixes that are a bonded pair, um, that were street dogs in Mexico. And this is like arch nemesis territory. They hate each other so, so much. Like those dogs will be in the house barking at Bristow. Um, and I don't know if, I think again, it's a little frustrated. Like she kind of wants to be their friends, but then also like, why are you yelling at me? Yeah. But then also it's like, well, if you're going to yell, I'm going to yell. Um, and that's her thing too. And that's where we are now, um, is so just the way some of the things you said were, you know, that really that look at that, um, redirecting her attention, um, keeping the distance, but trying to kind of, um, you know, moderate that over time. Um, and so that worked pretty well. She's gotten, she definitely knows that like she sees a dog and the dog could be a block away. And she's like, Oh, Hey, I I saw a dog. Give me a treat. Like, I know how this works. Thank you very much. And so I think we're at a point now, 90% of the time where she only reacts to dogs who react first. Right. Um, We still, like, I still give her a little more space. Um, You know, I still will walk into the street, but like not across the street. Um, She is a little, she, her tendency to react might be a little more if there's like a long time going to the dog. So she kind of like, and then she does, she starts like stalking kind of a little bit. So there's the prey drive again. (laughs) Um, And that always makes me nervous because like, it's really hard to distract her once she kind of clicks that in her brain. Um, but yeah, like today, our walk this afternoon, the only reaction she had was to a dog that reacted to her, that just kind of started it, so to speak. Um, so we're really making great progress. Yeah. You're there. making and amazing I progress. Think- and it's like, you know, it's one of those things that like your walks were functional before. It's not that they weren't functional, but like, I feel like we were able to kind of talk about like, okay, but what about if avoidance isn't always the plan? Right. Like what can we do to get a little bit closer to prevent even the pulling towards the dog? And you implemented all of that beautifully. Right. And it's made such a big difference. So I think that, you know, it was a small tweak, but that just, you know, makes life with her just a little bit more functional. So you don't always feel like you have to cross the street. And it's like, you know, if another dog barks at her, yeah, that's pretty high criteria. Right. Like, that's the small margins when you're seeing reactions from her. That's still wonderful progress. Yeah. I'm really, I think, you know, that's been kind of the beauty of the program is feeling like it is incremental because you had these three months to work over. And I think then, you know, knowing that you had this 
um, this regular check-in um, really helped too, right? To kind of um, set, you know, like, okay, I, I have, I'm really, I'm really goal oriented. So like, I need to know that like, okay, I have to do this by this time. Um, and, and that, that's been really helpful. I think also just having kind of the group discussion has been helpful. Um, I think for me, it gave me a lot of perspective. That was great. Um, you know, like I'm surrounded by dogs that are like perfect angels to some extent. Uh, and so, and I, you know, want my dog to also be a perfect angel who can, you know, do all of the things that perfect angel dogs do. She will never be that. And I love her anyway. Um, but yeah, but, but like living where you live in such like a, a densely populated area with so many dogs, like that is a lot of comparisons that you could make of her to other dogs every day. Right. Like, right. Well, and you know, the thing that has been, you know, she doesn't have a lot of the other issues that other dogs, like she doesn't get in the trash. She doesn't get counter surf. She doesn't nip at people. She's already taken herself to bed. Tonight. You got a lot of good things for free. You got a lot of good things. Yeah. She's, she's a Taurus. So she's independent and stubborn. Um, so am I, uh, luckily we have like the same birthday. Um, but it is, it is. Yeah. So, so that's been really great. I think we still need to work on the fence reactivity at home. She's actually gotten really good on walks. She doesn't really react except for our neighbors. Um, but, and even when other dogs react, she, you know, she doesn't on a walk. Um, so we got to work on the, we got to work on the fence stuff here. Um, but that's a little, that's, that just takes a lot more of like my time to like, right. Sit and well, and when the seasons are more appropriate for you to sit outside, it becomes easier. Right. Right. Yeah. It was a little close. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, And I get it. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk more about her prey drive because I know that's something that we've kind of continued to focus on and trying to hone because I think that, you know, everyone listening, right? Prey drive is obviously a broad spectrum, but I think that the level of intensity in Bristow's prey drive is above normal, right? Like I see a lot of prey drive. I see a lot of things, but we definitely talk about this together, but I think she has a long history of catching small animals long before she came to you. And you're just kind of like trying to put the brakes and do a little bit of backpedaling and the like, let's actually not put our teeth on small animals though. <laughs> yeah. She, she, I really do think she spent her days just chasing, chasing bunnies. Um, and so, yeah, we live in an urban area, but there are you know, outdoor cats. Um, there are groundhogs that we come across. Um, there are rats, (laughs) you know, I mean, because it is an urban neighborhood. Um, there are mice. Um, she doesn't care about birds at all. That's nice at least. Um, yeah. And obviously there are squirrels. So the good thing about her prey drive is that it definitely seems to benefit from exposure. So she unless a squirrel is being a real jerk, um, she ignores squirrels now, which is great because that's, you know, like I said, she's pulled me into, (laughs) into trees going after them. Um, and she's super, super strong, um, as per her size and breed. Um, but she has, she's caught a groundhog. Um, in a hilarious fashion. Um, <laughs> and she, you know, she's gone after cats. Um, she's caught a rat, um, or the rat caught her. It's unclear who, 
who was the not cat exactly tender. sure, but there was a rat yeah. altercation. Yeah, somebody, yeah, both of them ended up worse for wear after that one. Um, but yeah, and when she when she gets triggered on her prey drive, she's gone. There is no giving her treats, can be the highest value treat possible. I can't, I can call her name. Um, she will try and get out of her harness and she has gotten out of her harness. Um, so, you know, now she's like, you know, so those cartoons when they like strap the horse in and it's like, yeah, (laughs) that's how Bristow basically is in her harness these days. Um, and it's definitely, it peaked, um, probably in the fall of last year. Um, and I think it's, getting better but we're not where we need to be yet um there are places I can't walk her because she is so um triggered um and they're not places that I've like necessarily seen a creature it's just she smells it or senses it um okay so talk a little bit more about like the friction that that has really caused between the two of you right it's not that she just has pre-drive it's that when she is in prey drive mode, obviously she's not responsive, but then she also is very unlikely to move the direction you need her to go. Right. So like, you know, just kind of speak a little bit more about that, like kind of the friction of that, the prey drive between the two. Yeah. She just won't. I mean, she is, she is totally gone. I've had instances where I've literally had to like make myself into a human thunder shirt where I'm like squeezing her. Like that's the only thing I could think to do was like, get her and kind of squeeze her until she calms down. And I can just feel her heart like beating out of her chest. Um, And she is not focused on anything she is, or she's very focused on whatever she has heard. Um, And the problem is, you know, there's a couple things. One, there's a safety issue. Um, I don't want her running um, into the street or away. (laughs) Um, And, or (laughs) catching anything honestly um and two it really it's limiting to um you know some of our activities like I would love to take her um there's you know lots of great parks around DC and I would love to take her I have taken her camping and stuff and she's generally good um but I'm I'm nervous the whole time that she's gonna you know see something and decide to go after it um I'm also nervous that she's gonna like make a mistake and go after a dog like a small dog or get somebody's cat (laughs) um so you know and so so that's that's the biggest issue for me um I also think that it has translated into um issues like at the dog park so she was before we started the course we were going to the dog park twice a day um and that had been great for her great for her sociability socialness I think um it had helped her reactivity. Um, and then kind of over a couple months, uh, kind of end of the summer last summer. Is that right? What are we coming out of winter? Anyway, she started developing, um, uh, ball ball guarding that she had never, she had never cared about balls before. Um, and in specific balls, it's squeaky balls, um, squeaky chewy balls. So not tennis balls really. Um, and I, again, a situation where I don't know if when we were going kind of in deep COVID and it was a very specific small group of dogs and people, and they weren't bringing 
balls. And now all of a sudden there's new dogs, which she's kind of like, not that into. Um, and they're just like, all this, I, I mean, I swear these balls, they come out of nowhere. Um, and when she gets it, she's, I can't get her. If another dog comes up to her, she's a real jerk. Um, so that's disrupted kind of her social life <laughs> a little bit. And the hardest thing for me is that she is not, she doesn't do that in the house or in the, you know, it's, so it's very situational. So I found it really hard to train the drop at Q in that situation. Cause I can't even get close to her. I have to like pretend to leave the dog park and not just pretend to leave the dog park. I have to go around a corner right for her to be like oh wait <laughs> right right like yeah. and I think that there is a level of like she learned to be independent and entertain herself and do what she wanted without intervention from people and now you're really having to put a lot of time and energy into helping her understand that you both are on the same team right like you're not trying to like end her party all of the time but for yeah. her, like she wants to access reinforcement and doing a lot of intense things that don't always align with like what is feasible for you and what's safe for like everyone else around. Okay. So do you want to just kind of share with the listeners a little bit more about like some of the foundational stuff we kind of talked about as far as like troubleshooting some of the prey drive? Um, and, you know, I know recently too, we talked about like some strategies for like improving her recall a little bit more too, but I know that it's clearly still a work in progress, but just sharing a little bit more about like some of the foundational skills that I, you know, kind of gave you to be working on. Yeah. So some of the things we've been working on are, um, kind of in areas where I know that she raises her, raises her, her level, her threshold a little bit to kind of, um, start, you know, doing, some games while we're walking. Right. So whether it's kind of a one, two, three, or it's a find it, um, or it's a touch. Um, and it, I'm have, I have greater and lesser degrees of success. And it really just depends on, honestly, I think if a critter has been running through there or not, or yeah. not. Yeah. Um, and because like, I, and, and the trick, the tra- challenge I have is knowing when to start doing those. Cause obviously we can't do that for our entire walk. Um, right. And so there's been a couple of times lately where like, oh, she's triggered earlier or, you know, or she's not triggered. So we're going along and then all of a sudden, you know, she is. Um, so that's, you know, that's really what I need to continue to work on with her. Um, and again, you know, and I think this is an issue a lot of people have. I just then avoid those paths, right? Which is not necessarily what I want to do, but you have so many, you only have so much time to walk your dog every day. Um, and I can't, I can't, unfortunately, um, you know, consider, oh, it's still going to lose her mind <laughs> right every day. Um, and so, yeah, so that's where I, and again, I think this is what's great about the program is that it is over time, but also like, it's just so much about human training, <laughs> um, than it is about dog training. Um, so yeah, so those are what we've been trying there. Like I said, she's also super stubborn. So she will just sit her butt down and like, no, we're not going. I'm sorry. I, I have decided that this is the way we're going. And it's really funny because she like sits down in slow motion and like looks at you while she does it. Um, (laughs) well, and I think a combination of like her genetic makeup and her previous learning history, like, 
it's a lot, right? Like it is not an easy behavior to work through because it's a behavior that has been one, it's hardwired in a lot of ways. Two, I think she practiced it and got good at it for however long she lived in that home. Right. Right. So, you know, I think that you have really done a good job of stepping up and realizing that there are a lot of things you can do handler wise to kind of troubleshoot that. Right. And like, I know that it's not always like fun to be like, well, it's me. What do I need to be doing? But I feel like you really have received my feedback, right? Like on some of the videos, I'm very like, okay, what if you change your tone? What if you change your body language a little bit? And obviously it's still a work in progress, right? And you know, it's going to take some more time, but you've been really receptive to making some of those changes that you can make, right? Instead of feeling like all we have to do is change Bristow's behavior. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I also recognize that like, I am the one who is able to change my behavior. The dog is not actually able to like make a decision to like, I'm going to be a better dog today. Um, Although we have those conversations. We talk about being the best version of ourselves (laughs) and what that means. Um, And I think she listens, you know, she like, Oh yeah. Or she rolls, she actually rolls her eyes at me. That's what she does. Um, (laughs) But yeah. So, I mean, I think that's, Honestly, I can handle the dog reactivity more than I can the prey drive right now. Um, like I said, I think her, her, especially listening to like other folks on the calls, I think her reactivity is pretty moderate. Really, um, it is, right? Like it's yeah. pretty mild. You made a few tweaks. You saw giant progress. That's really all that it took, right? Like that was easy actually to remedy. Right. Yeah. And, and like I said, it's not anxiety based. So that makes it. I think, e- I, I think makes it easier. Oh, totally. Cause um, she's in a headspace to learn. As soon as you got consistent about, you see dogs, you get food. She was like, Roger that. Got yeah. it. <laughs> she was like, Oh, okay. This makes sense. Hot dogs. Um, like I so, so yeah, so that's, you know, more just, I need to like, um, kind of just be more consistent. And I think another aspect of it is, so I, I left my job, um, in the fall of 2020. And then I didn't, I kind of took a sabbatical for a long time during COVID. And so we would take like, no joke, we were doing 11 miles a walk a day at one point. And so we were both very tired. (laughs) Um, And then when we kind of, you know, I started working again and we kind of cut that back. um, I don't know that she necessarily needed the exercise, but she was less tired brain-wise, right? And so the prey drive, I think, kicked up because she wasn't as tired just physically (laughs) or mentally because she, you know. Oh, totally. Well, and it's like, you know, I think from like a broad perspective, it's pretty crazy to think about like who a dog can be if they're getting 11 miles of walks every day and how that greatly changes when the mileage and the duration of time decreases. Right. So like, you know, I think that that's really beautiful that you both had that time to like bond and do those miles all the time. But yeah, right. Like it's the never ending eb- ebbs and flows of like, oh, this is new. Okay, cool. This needs work and attention now. Right. Like, and that's normal. That's totally normal. But I think that that's a really good pro- point that if she's completely satiated because she's walked all day, of course, she's not going to be as prey driven and she's going to be more responsive. And like, you know, th- that's just the ebbs and flows of life. Yeah, totally. And I think, um, yeah. And I mean, I think same, same with like dog park and um, her engagement with other dogs, you know, I think she um, 
she's she's got a couple like buddies like her best friend is a corgi which is hilarious because he can stand under her um and they literally like they are best buds um but now she's got dogs that like like she was at boarding last week and they went to pick her up and they were like yeah she just went after a dog um no sniff hello just like went after and then they hated each other for the next three days that they were there and they had to be kept separated. Um, so, you know, again, that's something that I'm like, gosh, like that's a new thing. Um, that's, you know, and they were like, okay. They were like, you know, they didn't say she couldn't come back. Um, she has a little scratch on her ear. Um, but I, now, now I'm like, okay, well now I got to learn to deal with this. And this has happened a couple other times where she's encountered a dog off leash. Um, and had an incident, you know, kind of somebody said something. <laughs> um, and I don't know who yeah. starts it. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Um, but this is kind of our thing now, right? So I'm like, okay, the the leash reactivity, we're getting better. Even though like we've gone, you know, we've like gone to like out to dinner and sat on a patio and she's been pretty good. Um, and that's like where you have leash and sense sometimes. So um, but now we've got this off-leash random thing that is apparently very specific dogs because they were like oh she's fine with the 40 other dogs that were running around um but that's the beauty of reactive redefine right because it's like you made the progress with leash reactivity and you're like cool so we're having some dog interaction challenges like cool let's talk one-on-one we'll talk about it in the group call right and like that's what I love about the duration of time right? Like, I really feel like I get to know you all and I can support you through, you know, some of those inevitable changes that start to come up, right? Because well, and it's, yeah. it's not, a, it's not a destination, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's a journey evolving work in progress. It's a journey. And it's just so interesting to me how things come up and listening to other people on the calls and how they're like, oh, this is going great. But now this, you know, this has happened. Um, and again, just kind of having that community is really, really great. Um, and I think, you know, especially with COVID and stuff, like I haven't felt like kind of have that, um, that space. Yes. Oh, and the group calls are so warm and they're kind like, and supportive. Yeah. It was like, they're like a two hour therapy session. Oh my God. It's yeah. The best. It's the best. Well, and I think too, like just literally speaking with other people who can kind of relate to the, like how heavy it feels when like you see those behavior changes and you're like, fuck, what are we going to do now? Right? right. Like it feels really overwhelming and daunting at first when we start to see these things to change. And like, I mean, everyone in the group has been there. They get it. Right. And it's yeah. so nice just to like, feel heard. Like, okay, you guys feel me like we're going to get, we're going to get through this, but it also feels really heavy right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I feel a little bit like Bristol in, in our group calls anyway, it's kind of the comic relief, you know? Cause like, <laughs> I feel like she, like she doesn't have some of the anxieties of some of these other dogs and like her reactions are they're kind of funny so, you know like her her things are like more comical I guess um so you know I feel like that's kind of what her job is in that space is to be like <laughs> and she's so good at it you're you're so good at it okay so Amanda if you had to give reactive dog guardians who are listening right now maybe they have a dog like Bristow who has a really in- insane prey drive what would you tell them um one piece of advice um, so for, uh, for the prey drive, I would say get a really good harness, um, and a collar clip. 
the clip, your call, you know, Martin Gale, all of those things. Um, and I think it's just really being aware of your dog and like learning their cues, um, and being willing to run in the other direction. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly where I have learned the greatest lessons is when I, I saw, I didn't change our direction, um, as quickly as maybe I should have are, are the times that we've really lost our mind. Um, cause like I said, treats are not interesting when she's chasing something. It's really, um, me trying to be really excited about going back the way we came. Well, um, and you just being proactive AF about like when you need to intervene and knowing that if you don't, it is not going to be great. Right. Like, and it is, it's so much just about your observational skills, your timing, understanding her, her specific triggers, time of day, her mood, right? Like, I feel yeah. like, you know, Bristow so well, like you could literally just write an encyclopedia on her, which is amazing. That's exactly what she needs. I mean, I do think it makes, you know, here's the thing about having a reactive dog that if you want to try and like make a good thing of it, it's almost a meditation, right? Because you're whenever you're walking her, at least, you know, for leash reactivity and stuff, um, you know, I listen to podcasts and stuff when I walk, but like, I am always attuned to her. I'm not checking my phone. I'm not like doing other things. I'm always kind of like listening to, to what the dog is doing and how, how she's doing it. And so, you know, like I said, I left when I wasn't working, like it was a great head clearer for me um, to be paying to attention be present and really yeah. to be in those moments with her. Right. Well, Cause the, the, the dog is super like, she's only present, right. Uh, she's present to a fault is right. You know, <laughs> I would like her to be a little less present sometimes. Um, but I think, you know, that's maybe the beauty of it to some extent is it really forces you to focus on, um, on, on, on where you are and what you're doing. Right. Right. Oh my God. So beautiful. Sydney Bristow. What a good girl. Okay. Amanda, does Sydney um, Bristow have an Instagram you want to share? He does. Bristow is uh, Bristow Spies DC. Do you want to spell that really quickly? Bristow, B-R-I-S-T-O-W, Spies, S-P-I-E-S, D-C. Okay. Everyone, you can see her adorable ears and... (laughs) all of her comical behavior (laughs) you can and I will also say that on Saturday I don't know when this is coming out but um Bristol will be holding the we the dogs DC Instagram handle yes so she will be the star of um of the DMV on Saturday um, we've got all kinds of things in the works for her. Oh my god I love it I love it so much okay thank you so much for talking all about her today You know, I can talk about her all day. So thank you for giving me the opportunity. Yes. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you need help with your dog's behavior, you can learn more about our training services at agoodfeelingdogtraining.com. We post training inspiration and training tips almost daily over on the Instagram at agoodfeeling underscore NCO. If you like this podcast, we would be so grateful if you could share it with a friend or family member who could benefit from all of the information. Um, It's been a total delight. We love this podcast so much. And thank you so much for listening to Disorderly Dogs.